Located at the top of Wisconsin, Bayfield County is considered by many of the locals to be the wild side of the dairy state. This is a place of majestic beauty with national treasures that include the Apostle Islands, the natural wonders of its sea caves, and rugged sandstone cliffs that frame the clear waters of Lake Superior. This is Bayfield County Wild. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Nancy Christopher, along with my co-host, Mary Motif, Director of Bayfield County Tourism. Hi, Mary. Hi, Nancy. You know, we've got so much to celebrate today. We sure do. First off, it's our one-year anniversary of Bayfield County Wild. Can you believe it has been a year? It's We've kind of flown by. It really has. And secondly, the annual Lighthouse Celebration is underway, and we're going to be talking more about that in our next segment. That is a really cool celebration. And the other thing, it's the 20th anniversary of the Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center. That's been there for 20 years. Tell us a little bit about that organization, or should I say organizations, because there's a lot of partners working together to staff the center, right? That's right. There are six partner organizations that work together to make that place flow. And um, a lot of people don't realize it's open seven days a week, almost every single day of the year. And those six organizations that work together are the U.S. Forest Service, the National Park Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Wisconsin Historical Society, the University of Wisconsin Extension, and the Friends of the Center Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization that is critical to all of those government organizations working together. That's the way that we can um, get grant monies coming in and divide it up um, to put towards programming and other things at the center there that are important for um, attracting visitors to the area. And those are all great organizations that are really looking out for the Visitor Center. And they do a great job of bringing the history of the Northern Great Lakes region to life. Share with us some of the ways that they do this. Sure. Well, you know, one of the obvious ways that they do it is their exhibits. You know, there are some really great exhibits at the center that interpret some of the things that people will see around the area. Some of that is the history of the commercial fishermen in the area and logging. Um, And so there are some interactive exhibits that really go into detail and do some interviews with some of those local personalities that talk about their story and how, uh, you know, they came to do what they do in the area. And it's just really, really cool to see these folks in their interviews talking about, you know, the history of commercial fishing and Julian Nelson talking about how the lake is the boss. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, that's one way for sure. Another way is that the staff of those agencies actually brings their expertise to the table so that they can talk to you one-on-one about uh, the things that you have questions about and some of the things that you may not know about that they can direct you to. Now, the center also sits on 150 acres. Tell us about some of the ways you can enjoy the property. Sure. Actually, there's um, these beautiful trails that take you around the property, and some of them are boardwalk trails as well so that they're accessible. And some of them are right around there's a pond out back. You can actually feed the fish in the pond. There's a, there's a little food machine. You can put your quarter in and feed the fish in the pond. Um, but you can take a walk around that and through the, the forest out in the back. And then also across the, um, the county road is another piece of the land that's all connected. Um, and there are some beautiful trails, again, with some boardwalks and bridges that take you around right up to the river on that side of the road. Just really 
it's it's so peaceful and and beautiful as well. There's also a place where if you have a group that wanted to come out and do some environmental education, it's called the Coaster Brook Classroom, and it's a building um, down the road a little bit, but again connected into the Whittlesey Creek National Wildlife Refuge, which. Um, adjoins that property. So you can have your group out there um, with an educator talking to you about whatever it is you're there to, to learn that day, using, utilizing that Coaster Brook classroom. Oh, that's great. What a great experience. It really is. Now, a lot of these visitor centers have gift shops, but what I think is really cool about this one is if you have an interest in Lake Superior or shipwrecks, lighthouses, uh, Native American culture, there's a great collection of books in there, some of them with very rare, hard-to-find titles as well. Absolutely. And um, another great thing that you can find there are those guidebooks so that when you're out exploring nature, you can um, you know, use your book for whether it's birding or mushrooms or whatever it is that you're wanting to go out and explore, um, you can get all those guidebooks right there. And then you can actually go up. There's a five-story observation tower um, with a spotting scope up there. So that's just another way that you can, you know, view things on and around the property is from that vantage point that you don't usually get five stories up in that tower. Okay, so now what exactly is going to happen on September 29th? September 29th is the party. We're going to have a big celebration at the Visitor Center for the 20th anniversary. And we we really want to remind people that this place is there and how much it has to offer. So we have things going on all day long, starting at 830 in the morning, I think, is when you can um, sign up for the the first event that day. We've got the uh, Cable Natural History Museum is coming that day um, with some critters uh, that they'll be um, sharing, uh, as well as um, we have all sorts of authors coming to do book signings. We have the artist who painted the mural. There's a, a huge mural on the backside of the inside of the building. She'll be coming and talking about that mural and the inspiration behind it and who some of the people are in it um, because we do have some local personalities that show up in, in the mural. We actually just did a $2 million energy renovation in the building. And there's a new exhibit um, that talks about that whole project and talks about all those cost-saving measures that we'll be gaining from that. Um, So we're doing a ribbon cutting for that exhibit. And then there's junior ranger activities going on. The Park Service is hosting those. We've got Smokey the Bear making appearances throughout the day. Um, so because of all of these you know, partner organizations that are together there, we're going to have just so many fun things going on all day long. Of course, we're going to have cake. Um, <laughs> and then in the evening, there's a program called Who Goes Bump in the Night, which is a night walk out on the boardwalks, um, listening for owls and other night critters. So many things happening. A lot of people don't realize the Historical Society has an archives on the second floor there. And it's for the whole um, eight or nine counties in the northern part of Wisconsin. You can come up and do research in the archives. So they're going to be having an open house that day. And because it's the 20th anniversary, um, there's always something new that's added. I understand there's an art competition. Can you tell us about that? Yes. We thought it would be really cool to um, have people share with us their artwork that has been inspired in some way by the Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center and and the things that that teaches. And so uh, whether it's um, a drawing, a photograph, you know, pottery, whatever the art is, they will submit, the artist will submit a photograph of their artwork, and then we have those on display so that you can vote for your favorite um, piece of artwork that was inspired by the Visitor Center. Where do you submit? 
Um, so you submit online and you can find out about that on the events Facebook page is where we have um, information on the art competition. And the Facebook page, the name of it is what exactly? Is, is it just Great Lakes? It's 20th anniversary celebration oh. at Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center. You mentioned there's a vote. That's the People's Choice Award. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So as you're there during the day um, enjoying yourself, you can pop in and view all of the submissions and then vote for your favorite. At the end of the day, whoever gets the most votes wins the People's Choice Award, which is a, a cash award. Okay, Mary, so where is the celebration going to be held and how can people learn more if they want to find out more about it? Sure. The celebration will be right at the Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center and that is right on, it's, it's a, technically it's on County Highway G, but you can see it right from U.S. Highway 2, just west of the roundabout at the intersection of Highway 2 and, and the Scenic Byway, Highway 13. It'll be right at that gorgeous building that you can't miss when you're seeing it from the road. And to find out more, you can go to nglvc.org, which stands for Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center, or go to the Visitor Center's Facebook page. Okay, well, it you know, it really does sound like an educational, fun event for the whole family. And on a related note, the Apostle Islands Lighthouses, they've been referred to as the largest and finest single collection of lighthouses in the country. Mary Grant is here to talk with us about those lighthouses and the annual three-week celebration of these magnificent structures when we come back. Stay with us. Legendary Waters Resort and Casino brings fun and excitement to Bayfield County's nightlife. On the shores of Lake Superior in Redcliffe, the hotel offers 47 deluxe rooms and premier suites, each with a Lake Superior and Apostle Islands view. The casino has 24-7 entertainment, featuring all of your favorite slot machines and table games. The entertainment center hosts events all year long. With a restaurant on site, it's the perfect place to host an event. An RV campground and marina are also on the property. Visit Legendary LegendaryWaters.com for more details, including special promotions. Looking for a unique adventure? Stay at one of Bayfield County's rustic and cozy yurts, located near the towns of Bayfield and Cable, and enjoy all that nature has to offer. Explore thousands of acres of Bayfield County forest and enjoy endless miles of exceptionally maintained, non-motorized recreational trails. Prepare to relax, unwind, and explore the wonders of the Northwoods, and then gather around the fire for a quiet evening with the sounds of the forest and a view of the stars surrounding you. These yurts are very popular, so book early. Reserve one at Airbnb or email yurts at Bayfield fieldcounty.org with questions. Mary and I are back with our guest, another Mary, Mary Grant. She's owner of the Keeper of the Light gift shop and coordinator of the Lighthouse Celebration. Thanks for being with us, Mary. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to be here. Now, you're the owner of the gift shop, but that wasn't always the case. Tell us a little bit about your background. I started working in Bayfield for Dave Strzok back in 1994 when he owned Apostle Islands Cruises, and I was originally hired as a deckhand, but that stint lasted about two days. Um, I was with Captain Dave Thone, and we were on a cruise to Sand Island, and it was a little choppy that day, and I barely got the boat tied up. <laughs> and then I was moved to a ticket seller into the office. <laughs> And then I did start doing some advertising for Dave, and he had an opportunity to open the gift shop right next to the cruise office in 1996, and he promoted me to manage that shop then. Well, congratulations, because you've been doing a great job. Everybody knows you up here, Mary. <laughs> so, Mary, what's the story behind these lighthouses? 
Well, we're very fortunate to have such a great collection of lighthouses in the Apostle Islands, and it just happens to be that they are the greatest concentration of lighthouses in any national park, and they're also the greatest concentration of lighthouses in any county in the United States. The fact that you have so many lighthouses, is that because of the dangers of the waters, that they had to have more lighthouses here? Or? Absolutely. With the opening of the Sioux Locks in the early 1900s, um, there became a great need for the lighthouses, especially around the waters of the Apostle Islands. So are there any unique features to these lighthouses that you can share? Oh, yes. They're all really different. So when you come to visit them, it's not like you're going on a cruise to see the same thing twice. Um, my particular favorite, the Sand Island Lighthouse, is built of brownstone, and it's just the cutest little lighthouse. Mm-hmm. It was built of brownstone that was quarried right on Sand Island. And when we dock there, there's a two-mile hike to the lighthouse, and it goes through some old-growth forest that has moss hanging off the trees, and it's just a beautiful hike along the lakeshore, and the Ooh. lighthouse itself is... I'm going to have to do that one. That's one that I have not been to yet. Yeah. And one of the cruises <clears throat> takes you there, right? It does, and it's an all-day experience, because the um, hike is four miles round trip, but we stay there for a good four hours, so anybody who is a hiker can do it. Nice. What about some of the others? Raspberry Island is known as the showplace of the Apostle Islands, and it's kind of cool. It's a duplex. On one half of the lighthouse, the head keeper lived, and the other half, the assistant keeper was housed. And it has a foghorn signal building and some other outbuildings, and that's actually the easiest one to get to. So the park has that one all fixed up, and it's got furnishings from the early 1900s, and they do a living history exhibit. The park personnel actually dresses up like a lighthouse keeper and gives the tour from that perspective. Oh, that sounds like fun. Tell me about these keepers. Why did you all stop having keepers at the lighthouses? Well, with the invention of all kinds of new technology, I think that boats didn't need to have the lighthouses as a beacon to protect them from the islands and the dangerous parts of the lake. Are there any lighthouse keepers still alive? I am quite certain there are a few still alive, but I don't know where they are or who they are. But in the old days, they used to come to the celebration. Yeah, we used to have a keeper's reunion, and we had several. And as the years went on, they dwindled. And so I haven't really kept track of them. You know, it moved from the United States Lighthouse Service to the United States Coast Guard. And so I do know that there are a few Coast Guard keepers around. But that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Mary, this is kind of a shot in the dark, but are there any, like, legend or lore or haunted stories behind these lighthouses? There are lots of stories. Oh, yay. Can you share a few? (laughs) Um, One particular ghost story on Raspberry Island, and this is fairly recent within the last 20 years, the cruise boat was going out to take a group of people to Raspberry Island to tour the lighthouse. And as I mentioned before, it's a duplex and they only tour one side. And so as the group was going through the lighthouse, they heard a little girl crying. Oh, wow. And the the visitors were asking the tour guide, well, who's over in the other side of the lighthouse? And they said, well, there's nobody over there. But there had been a family who, of lighthouse keepers who lived there, 
and they let had a guess. little girl. I just say, let me guess, they had a little girl about the same age. Right, right. And, you know, they, was all, they all heard it. So it's not like one person is making this up. And wow. I do believe that group was quite freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> any others? Um, not any other ghost stories, but there is an interesting story of, on Michigan Island. And I like this story because I grew up on a dairy farm in central Wisconsin. But there was a young woman who married a lighthouse keeper and she was in her early 20s and they lived out at Michigan Island and her husband and the assistant keeper who was the husband's brother went out fishing and they never came back for a few days. Oh, And so this young gal had three kids and they had a cow out there and the cow needed to be milked and this gal was a city gal and she was terrified of the cow and to me that's you know cows are the most docile creatures on the earth I think exactly next to a golden retriever so the cow (laughs) needed to be milked so she ended up cutting a hole in the side of the little lean-to where they kept the cow and she milked the cow through the hole through the (laughs) hole yes and she did that for several days and finally her husband and the brother returned from their fishing trip and everything was fine (laughs) I, I have to admit I kind of feel for that wife there I'm a city girl at heart I grew up in a yeah, suburb I'd struggle of Chicago too, right <laughs> I would not know how to milk a cow <laughs> I have tried it once do we want to know the results <laughs> well it actually did work but you know I thought it was kind of fun I really did but we digress uh, yes exactly let's talk about the lighthouse celebration how did that originate All right, so Dave Strzok opened the store in 1996, and now he has a lighthouse specialty store. So why not create an event that generates interest in lighthouses? Exactly. And, of course, lighthouse merchandise to drive sales. Smart man. He he was not only captain of a ship, but he he was an entrepreneur as well. Absolutely. Um, You know, the lighthouse celebration, I don't think people realize that this is the largest collection of lighthouses in the country. I still am amazed by that fact. And I've and I've heard that and I've seen them. And people who love lighthouses need to come and see these lighthouses. They're they're beautiful and amazing. And, and there are so many great stories. Um, when you go visit one of them, whoever is your guide is going to tell you the stories surrounding the one that you're visiting. And, and a lot of them, this is a bonus, when you get there, you can actually walk to a beach on the one on the other side of raspberry and i don't know maybe you can do that on some of the other islands too yeah you sure can and i think that we're really fortunate that the national park service took over the islands because who knows what shape these lighthouses would be in if it weren't for the national park right so you've mentioned a few things but what exactly takes place during the three-week celebration well the main event of the celebration is a daily cruise to go out to the different islands to actually tour a lighthouse, and we focus on that. Other than that, we do have a photography presentation um, by photographer Mark Weller, who has done a series of Apostle Islands lighthouse photos with the Milky Way in the background. And Those are amazing, by the way. They are. And we also have Warren Nelson, who does a concert called lake songs and lighthouses and he does that over at washburn at the harborview event center wow and how does your gift shop the keeper of the i, I, I gotta get this right the keeper of the light gift shop how does how does your shop get involved well we just coordinate the cruise schedule with apostle islands cruises and we are there to help the folks get on their cruises 
answer course, any questions they have. Answer any questions they have and sell them any lighthouse memorabilia they might like to take home with them. And there is a really great selection, I have to say. I love your shop, and I love spending time there, and you do a great job. Thank you. So, Mary, if people have questions about the event itself, where should they go to find out more? Uh, the best source is our website at lighthousecelebration.com. Or you can stop at Keeper of the Light if you're in Bay- Bayfield or give us a call at 715-779-5619. All right, and that celebration is underway now. Thanks so much, Mary, and good luck with everything this year. All right, thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Mary Motif is going to talk about some of the things to do in Bayfield County this month and give us a preview of what to expect in October. Sounds great. Looking for a comfortable stay at an affordable price? Tri-Lake Timbers in Iron River has a variety of beautiful cabins with access to snowmobile, ATV, and hiking trails galore. In the summer, relax on the swimming beach or rent a pontoon or fishing boat and get out on the water. Tri-Lake Timbers has 103 acres bordering the Shawamagon Nicolay National Forest with free Wi-Fi at the lodge and a playground for the kids. Make your reservations today at trilaketimbers.com. The Mogachine Resort is a traditional Wisconsin resort featuring comfortable cottages and cabins with breathtaking sunsets on Lake Nemecagan and boat rentals right on site. Located among Cable's scenic trails, which are regarded as some of the best in the United States, Mogachine's 12 lakeside rentals offer easy access to fishing, boating, kayaking, canoeing, pontooning, and swimming. This four-season family resort is perfect for all ages, from kids and pets to honeymooners, retired couples, and snowmobile groups. The main building is equipped with an indoor heated swimming pool, sauna, and game room, as well as a guest launch with fireplace. For availability and more information, find them on Facebook or go to www.mogashin.net. Welcome back to Bayfield County Wild. There's quite a few celebrations going on in September. Mary, can you give us some of the highlights? Sure, absolutely. Of course, we always have lots going on up here. So the Apostle Islands Lighthouse Celebration that we talked about already is ongoing through September 15th. Port Wing has its annual fish boil, which is really a cool thing to see. They have these huge cauldrons with you know smoke pouring out of them. If you've never been to a fish boil, that is the place to go and have your first one. Yeah, I have been to a fish boil and they are spectacular to watch. And that's uh, that kicks off the month right on September 1st. And then that same weekend, White Winter Winery has their emergency pig out, pig roast. It's called an emergency pig out because it's a fundraiser for their emergency services in Iron River. Oh, it's a really fun event. Lots of live music and great uh, pig roast to be enjoyed. Wild Woods and Waters is one of the Big Top's last shows of the season. That's on September 7th. Um, if you haven't been up to one of those Big Top house shows, you've got to you've got to go. They're so awesome. Cornucopia has an art crawl on September 8th. There's so many great local artists around and that's a, a great way to get around and see a lot of them all in one shot. And it's the annual Red Cliff Cultural Days celebration, September 21st. And again, another great opportunity to um come up and get a taste of Native American culture firsthand. You know, they really encourage people to come and ask questions and talk about the things that they have on display. I think they're going to have a mini powwow during that event as well. So just another great opportunity. And then Cable Area's Fall Fest, which is one of their biggest celebrations, happens at the end of the month, September 28th and 29th in downtown Cable. Just a great atmosphere, perfect way to get revved up for the fall colors. And then another one that ties in into the the fall 
colors are the fall color ride bike tours. Um, there are tours that actually you can take around uh, the Washburn area with members of the North Coast Cycling Association. So you have someone guiding you on a bike tour, which is really a nice way to, to learn about the area and get out and enjoy a bike ride. Wow, there's a lot going on. Anything else we should know about? Well, I did neglect to mention one uh, event here called the Chicken Shitten Fundraiser for the American Legion Post 516 down at Mary? Chopper's Bar and Grill. Well, Could you, you know, spell that for me? Well, it's S-H-I asterisk asterisk I-N. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and do I dare ask what that's about? You know... It says buy a square on our master board, and when one of the chickens does her business on your square, you win <laughs> cash and other prizes. So if you have never experienced that, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> I, I guess so. All sorts of fun up here in Bayfield County. And then, of course, you can find details about that and all these other events on our website at TravelBayfieldCounty.com and on our Facebook page. All right. Before we go, uh, what will we be talking about next month? Sure. Well, the leaves are still going to be changing and hitting their peak. The apples are getting ready to harvest, and there's all sorts of fall festivals, color tours, and corn mazes to talk about. So that's going to be our focus. That's great, Mary. We're going to look forward to that. And let me know what happens at at the chicken, fun. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. And to everyone listening, if you like what you've heard, we'd love to have you share, review, and subscribe to Bayfield County Wild. If there's anything you'd like to know about today's episode, we'll have all the links and resources available in our show notes. And on behalf of Mary and myself, thank you for listening to Bayfield County Wild. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.